Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Welcome in, Superfoot Super Show listeners. I am James the Brain. You can find me on Twitter at underscore James the Brain. You can also find the show on Twitter at Superfoot Show. And uh, I'm going to be your host today. And I'm going to talk to you about something that I've been thinking about for a long, long time here. And uh, and it's it's something that's been on my mind. And I kind of want to share with you guys. I want to get everyone's thoughts on this, okay? Because this is something new. And, uh, and I, I want to talk about the direction of the NFL and how it's going to affect us in fantasy. And uh, again, this is, this is something I've been kind of rattling around in my head a little bit. And, uh, and so I kind of looked into it initially, and there's some evidence to support this. So I'm gonna, I, more than likely, I am going to try to write an article about this uh, because I think having all the information in front of you and having all the data in front of you um, – can be beneficial for this topic. So again, welcome on in. Um, and, and, and I'm going to start by just kind of going over what I see in the NFL. So basically this last year, we saw the Tennessee Titans one game away from the Super Bowl, right? With Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. We saw San Francisco make the Super Bowl by beating up on Green Bay and just really dominating them on the ground, right? Um, so, you know, you just kind of look at, at the way the league is going. You look at Green Bay getting there and, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers not maybe having the greatest year statistically, but Aaron Jones really tearing it up, especially with touchdowns on the ground. Um, and I, I think we we need to go back in, into the past, get in our, our back to the future time machines, get in our DeLoreans and go back back to the future, back to the past, actually, and uh, and, and kind of look at – the way fantasy was played and the way the NFL was played previously. So when I first started playing fantasy, it was driven by running backs. I, the first round was dominated by running backs. You had guys like Ladanian Tomlinson, Priest Holmes, Sean Alexander, Clinton Portis. Uh, I mean, you name yeah, Brian Westbrook. There's so many guys, and I'm sure there's people right now screaming at their 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 phone or their radio, however they're listening to this and, and screaming names that I forgot. There's, there's, there was tons and tons of guys and, 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 you know, it's the point of this isn't to name all the guys. All right. But the point is, is it was a run heavy week. And back then to, to kind of counter the run, what, what uh, defensive minded GMs started doing and what GMs started doing because it was working was, Look, we got to get big guys. We got to get these big block shedding linebackers that can tackle and bring down these backs. We got to get tackling safeties who can play up towards the line of scrimmage, who could come up and make a hit if need be. Um, I think back then we saw probably a less exciting game 
because the run game was a little bit more dominant, but we also saw better fundamentals as far as tackling goes. We saw, you know, sure, sure. You know, some more sure tacklers um, as opposed to guys who are liabilities in that, which we see now. And basically I, I believe what happened was this was, this was the path that we had, we, we were heading down. Right. And then all of a sudden somebody said, you know, all these big heavy linebackers are on the field and these big linemen and these safeties that, you know, can hit, uh, you know, the, the way to attack this is to just put a bunch of speed on the field and throw the ball around, do the exact opposite of what they're preparing for us to do. you got linebackers who can't keep up with tight ends. And then you got, you know, these speed receivers that nobody can keep up with and you're slinging the ball around and, all of a sudden, it started working. League rules started changing. Pass interference started, uh, you know, had had changed, and uh, was easier to get if you were on the offensive side of the ball. And boom! All of a sudden, we saw the quarterback resurgence, the wide receivers coming, uh, coming up huge, and that was kind of the direction that we went in. Right. So when when I sit here and think about it, and I look at you know the the NFL um, kind of the way it was and and the way it, it has headed, it, it seems like you know hey the, those pass happy offenses. You think about Peyton Manning, you think about Tom Brady, you think about um, even guys that are in the league now like Patrick Mahomes. You you think about you know these these pass happy offenses. These guys, Philip Rivers, Big Ben, um, you know guys who have made Super Bowls and won Super Bowls. It was based almost predicated solely on the passing game and, and the running game was key. I mean, it had to, it had to, to be prevalent at certain times, um, especially in the playoffs. It had to be timely. You had to be timely with it. And I think, you know, for the most part, you could do that. A lot of people are playing the pass. And, and so then of course the, the NFL adjusts and they start drafting those wider linebackers and they start, you know, drafting guys who are more pass rushing specialists, we call them edge rushers. Um, they, they start drafting, you know, these faster corners, faster secondary guys, guys that can cover. That's what they want. They want guys that can cover. If you're a liability in coverage, they don't want you on the field because more teams are passing and passing the ball, right? So let's get back to where I started. Where I started was with the Tennessee Titans being one game away from the Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. And anybody who watched their playoff run knows that they leaned very heavily on Derrick Henry, right? So the running game, that that big bruising running game where you just had a bunch of road graders and you wore out the defenses and you just ran the ball down their throats, it worked. And the reason why I think it worked and I think it opened eyes is because it, it you, the NFL doesn't have those big linebackers, those big, strong guys in the secondary that are coming up to make those hits because they've been adjusting for the passing game for so long now. So, again, I don't know that I, I, I'm not saying and this is going to come back and we're going to have those LT days because I think everything's everything's different. It's It's going to look different. And the reason being is because, you know, first off, there's there's quarterbacks that can run the ball now. We see Lamar Jackson who can do it. We see uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and guys like that who can do it, who can run the ball and make plays with their legs. Josh Allen's another guy. Um, Dak Prescott can do it. I mean, there's there's guys that can do that. So I think even if we see more of a run-heavy approach, we're not going to see the bell cow running backs. And if we do, they're not going to last as long. Because the NFL is basically saying, hey, look, 
I can get a good running back. I can use him up in five, six years and kick him to the curb and get another one because they're so replaceable. And they are. There's a lot of good running backs coming out of the college ranks right now. So I don't think that it's ever going to look like it did in the past. However, I do think that the running game is becoming more and more prevalent. And it's brought it's brought to us by teams like the Tennessee Titans, the San Francisco 49ers, teams that are very run heavy that are having success. So when I look at this, I look at, you know, what what teams are kind of gearing up towards that? And I think the Green Bay Packers are the first team that you have to look at. I mean, this is a team that they needed a wide receiver desperately in the draft, and they passed on it. What did they pass on it for? Well, they they grabbed a quarterback who is mobile. He, Jordan Love can run the ball if need be. Um, and then in the second round, they grab another running back. Uh, they also grab some some offensive linemen, and it just seems like that team is gearing up to be a run-heavy team. A great blocking tight end they drafted as well. Uh, so I, it just, to me, this is the direction that it seems like the NFL is headed. So why is this important for us in fantasy? Well, it's important for us in fantasy because we want to be ahead of these curves instead of behind them, right? So I'm not, again, I'm not saying that we should go out and just take running backs, you know, and, and just draft running backs or trade for running backs or overvalue running backs in general. But I do think having more running backs on your roster and having young running backs is going to prove to be very beneficial because while the NFL is going to churn through running backs, I think we have to on our rosters as well, but I think their value is going to be higher. I think their value is going to start, you know, being higher because even though, they're not going to be as fantasy relevant as, let's say, receivers and quarterbacks. Um, they're not going to be as relevant as long as those positions. They're still going to be very relevant. Um, and and their relevancy is going to be higher for a shorter period of time than those positions. So, like I said, grabbing these rookie running backs, I think teams are going to start weaning on them. We look at Green Bay. That's one of those teams. I think Cleveland might be another. Look, they go out and get Kevin Stefanski. We saw what he did last year uh, in Minnesota, really relying on Delvin Cook. You look at what he's done this year. He's brought in Austin Hooper. He has David Njoku. Uh, the tight end position is stacked there. Uh, you know, they, they've they done that. They, they've they upgraded their offensive line. They made that a priority by signing Jack Conklin and drafting a top 10 tackle in the draft. I think this team I am expecting to be very much more run heavy than they have been in the past and work off a of play action. Uh, so, you know, just let's look at these teams. We'll look at the new England Patriots, right? Tom Brady is gone. We have Jared Stidham as a projected starter there, right? What do you guys think Bill Belichick is going to do? I mean, I, I expect him to run the ball. I expect him to want to run the ball as long as he can get his offensive lineman in line and they can do the, this power running game. I, I don't know who the back's going to be. I don't know if it's Sony Michelle. I don't know if it's James White. I don't know if it's Damian Harris. I don't know if it's Burkhead. No one does because it's Bill Belichick, right? But I, I expect them to run the ball a whole lot more. Um, Buffalo is a run first team. Josh Allen takes a lot of those carries, but now all of a sudden they have Devin Singletary, who a lot of people were high on last year. And then they go out and draft Zach Moss. So, I mean, they, you know, they, they definitely made a commitment to that running, running backfield, uh, you know, when taking Moss and, and taking Singletary in the last two years. So I think Buffalo is a team that's going to run the ball an awful lot. 
um, you know, we look at the Jets, and I don't know what Adam Gase is thinking, um, but they're set up to be a run-first team. I mean, if if I was Adam Gase, which, uh, you know, I'd start by taking medication, but if I was Adam Gase, uh, I would definitely make sure uh, that I I became more of a run-heavy team. You know, I leaned on Le'Veon Bell. I leaned on my offensive line. I didn't put too much on Sam Darnold's plate with uh, a – very questionable supporting cast of pass catchers. Um, so so that could be another team. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, they're built around defense. Why wouldn't they build around the running game? I know Big Ben is coming back, and I know you're going to pass the ball a little bit more. But, boy, I think, you know, you run the ball, you make this a shorter game, you know, you you ask your defense, you know, to they're not going to be out there as much because you're running the ball and and, and that sort of thing. I, I think they should be. We all know Baltimore is going to be a run first team, right? And they drafted J.K. Dobbins. I mean, the commitment that they have shown to the running game <clears throat> with, excuse me, with Lamar Jackson uh, being an, an elite uh, running quarterback. And then Mark Ingram last year was, was fine in that system. And you have Justice Hill, who you drafted last year. Uh, Gus Edwards was a guy who would come in from time to time and showed that he could be fine. And now you draft J.K. Dobbins. I mean, come on. The writing's on the wall in Baltimore. They are going to run the ball. They're going to continue doing what they have been doing, and that's running the ball first and foremost. Um, you know, Cincinnati has a rookie quarterback. Why not rely more on Joe Mixon, you know? Uh, you know, I think they made some strides on their offensive line. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Cincinnati does. Again, Tennessee, I think we see them again run the ball. They're going to run Derrick Henry into the ground because I don't believe that they're <clears> – <throat> excuse me, I don't believe that they plan on uh, on on throwing the ball a ton with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I, I think they're going to run, the, run Derrick Henry into the ground this year and uh, see where that gets them. Uh, it, it was successful in the playoffs last year. Why wouldn't it be this year? Jacksonville, um, you know, Gardner Minshew, is, he's a guy. He's fine. Uh, but the, I, I have a feeling that they plan on running the ball an awful lot, you know. Uh, I think their problem with Fournette has been the fact that he hasn't been as reliable as they would have liked. But I, I think this year that they're going to run the ball first and foremost. Uh, I really do. Um, the Houston Texans, I have no idea what they're doing. Bill O'Brien's nuts, so I'm just going to skip right over that team there and go to the Indianapolis Colts. And look, great offensive line. You drafted Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion, the best running back in the draft. I, I don't think it's going to take long to, for them to realize they have a special talent at the running back position, and they are going to lean on the running game as well. Their defense made strides last year and got better as well. Um, they have Phillip Rivers. I think the less you ask him to do, the better you're going to be. And that's nothing, not a knock against Phillip Rivers. He's had a tremendous career, but I think we all know that last season, um, you know, Phillip Rivers wasn't the Phillip Rivers that we got to know and love. Uh, he, he struggled. He struggled a little bit, and I think he'll be better in Indianapolis, but I do also think that the running game is going to be, uh, you know, showcased. Uh, first and foremost, they're going to be a running team. So, I mean, we're, we're just going down the line in the AFC. Kansas City is obviously built to be a passing team. They have speed all over the field. Um, they're going to be be a passing team more, more than not. But, I mean, they even drafted a running back in the first round in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think they even see the importance of being able to run the ball. They just don't have to rely on it because they're so good throwing it, you know, and uh, and Patrick Mahomes is so, so good. He's fantastic. Um, 
but they don't have to rely on it. So you go to Oakland, right? And then you look at them and they have Josh Jacobs there, right? So, um, you, you know, you think that they're probably going to be a, a, a run, run heavy team. I mean, Jacobs had a very good year last year. They did upgrade their, um, their passing attack, but they had to. I mean, they, they really had no weapons. So, I mean, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, those those types of guys coming in, you know, that's that's nice. That's going to help them throw the ball more. But, I mean, you have Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota as, as your options at quarterback. I think you're better off relying on the run game, right? So it uh, wouldn't shock me if Oakland became more of a run-first run team. Uh, the Chargers are very interesting. You might have a rookie quarterback starting. Why not rely on a guy like Austin Eckler who can run the ball? The short passing game may be uh, an extension of the running game with Eckler too. Uh, so I can see them relying heavily on Eckler this year. And uh, and the last team in that division, the Denver Broncos, boy, I mean, they have weapons all over the field, but they didn't sign Melvin Gordon to just you know not use him to give him 8 to 10 carries a game not going to happen. He is going to be used. He's going to be used heavily. And I expect them to kind of run him into the ground for the next couple of seasons. So, you know, just in the AFC alone, we look at, you know, some of these teams and I can, I can see a lot of them gearing up more towards the running game. Uh, you know, going to the NFC, we got the New York Giants. I mean, you have Saquon Barkley. Why wouldn't you want to rely on that running game? Uh, Daniel Jones and the pass catchers there uh, have, have been competent. You know, they've been good. Uh, you know, to to put it bluntly, they they've been pretty good. But uh, Saquon Barkley should be the center of that offense, and I think moving forward he will be. Washington, uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins is your is your starting quarterback, and that doesn't install a lot of confidence in me. So I I think you really have to rely on the running game, and you look at what they did there. And while I I am just hoping beyond hope that. Darius guy stays healthy and, and can play the full season because I'd love to see what he could do in a full healthy season. I really would. Um, but I mean, they have Adrian Peterson. They went and signed Peyton Barber. Uh, you know, they, they have a bunch of guys that, Hey, look, if, if we can't rely on them, we, we, we got to have somebody, you know, in our running game. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with uh, with Washington though. Uh, but the Eagles, I mean, Miles Sanders is a guy that everybody seems to love. I like Miles Sanders too, but I think Boston Scott's there for a purpose as well. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have a couple different running backs, and I think that they may lean on them. Uh, it might help keep Carson Wentz healthy. I know Wentz was healthy last year, but uh, you know, in the long run, um, you, you kind of want to have him available, you know, late in the year and in the playoffs. And if you can rely on the running game, that might help that out a lot. So uh, I think the Eagles, you know, could, could see an uptick in in uh, in the rushing attack as well. And then you have Dallas. Uh, they put weapons all over the field, but you still have Zeke. Um, so. It'll be interesting to see. I think Dallas is probably going to be more of a pass-first attack. Just their team is stacked up that way right now. Uh, but, again, let's not forget that Dak can, can, does have some rushing upside. Zeke is going to – he's going to get his in the running game. So, I mean, they're, they're still going to run the ball. Um, Chicago, who knows what they're going to do. Matt Nagy is uh, – uh, you know, he refuses to call plays um, – and and he he continues to try to 
try to take a square peg and fit it in a round hole. Let's put it that way, um, especially with Mitchell Trubisky. So I, I don't know what he's going to do, but Allen Robinson's in a contract here. Uh, you know, he's relying on Anthony Miller to stay healthy, which is a big ask. Um, and he, you know, he pretty much ignored David Montgomery last year. Let's hope he doesn't do that again this year. Um, that's that's kind of the hope there. Detroit, I, hey, look, the writing's on the wall, right? I mean, Detroit, again, they drafted TJ Hawkinson high last year. Uh, a, a good tight end by all accounts in everything. A good in-line blocker, too. Um, and then this year they go out and take DeAndre Swift because Carrion just hasn't been healthy. And DeAndre Swift's one of the most talented backs in this in this class. And you have a defensive-minded head coach. You know, playing in a division where, you know, cold weather is prevalent later in the year when you're in Chicago, when you're in Green Bay. I mean, these are places that you want to be able to run the ball. The wind is gusting. It's cold. You know, that ball is hard. It's tough to catch. I, I think Detroit's going to be more of a running team. And I think DeAndre Swift is going to surprise a lot of people in his rookie year right away. Uh, Green Bay, we already talked about. Minnesota, Dalvin Cook, we saw what they did last year. They didn't rely very heavily on Kirk Cousins. They got rid of Stephon Diggs while they drafted Justin Jefferson. I don't I don't know that that means, hey, let's just, you know, this passing game just picks up where it left off. Um I like Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph, but I mean, having both those tight ends, if you put both those guys on the field, you can expect them to run the ball an awful lot. You know, I mean, those, you got some blockers there on the field then. So, um, yeah, the, the North to me looks like it's going to be more of a running division. When we go to the South, we look at what uh, Carolina does with, uh, with, with, uh, a new head coach and rule and, and, you know, I, Christian McCaffrey is going to be used in both the running and passing game. Uh, I think this team is built to probably throw the ball a little bit more. However, Teddy Bridgewater coming in, I mean, there's some question marks about Bridgewater. Is this guy a guy you want, you know, slinging the ball over the field 30 times a game? I I don't know that it is. Uh, So this might be a, a team that's surprisingly runs the ball a little bit more than people are expecting. It wouldn't shock me at least uh, with the Carolina Panthers, if that's the way they approach year one to kind of work Teddy Bridgewater back into, into, you know, game playing shape. I mean, I, I know he's, he's played a few games here and there, you know, he did last year in new Orleans and he looked okay, but, uh, but to be that weekly starter and have that grind every week, once you get, you know, a little banged up and stuff, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, <clears throat> I just feel like the running game could be very prevalent there which would surprise a lot of people. New Orleans, I think, man, Drew Brees is so good. You can just sling the ball around with him. But Alvin Kamara is such a big part of that offense when he's 100% healthy. I expect a huge bounce back year from Kamara. I think he's going to be better in the running game. He's going to be better in the passing game. Um, and then, you know, Latavius Murray, I think, is going to uh, to really help their running game as well. Um, the short passing game that Alvin Kamara is going to be a part of is kind of going to be an extension of the running game as well. It's like a long handoff when, when they're, you know, flipping him out the ball in the flat and that sort of thing. Uh, and I expect that to happen pretty often. Um, so looking at those, those two teams, we go to Atlanta Atlanta is an interesting team. Their offensive line stinks. However, uh, you know, they only have Todd Gurley for one year. You might as well use them, right? I mean, Matt Ryan has been swinging the ball around the field for the past couple of years, and it it just doesn't work. Um, and it's not because of Julio. It's not because of Ridley. Those guys are are great targets, but you lost Austin Hooper. I don't know what you have in Hayden Hurst. I mean, he's he, he hasn't really – we didn't see him break out in Baltimore. I don't know that opportunity was there, but, um, you know, he was drafted – uh, much higher than uh, than Mark Andrews in the same draft by the Ravens, and, and we just didn't see it. So, um, 
I don't know, uh, but you know, Hayden Hurst was used blocking a lot, so uh, he he might be the better blocking tight end, which may mean more Todd Gurley. You know, uh, you got him for one year. You use him up, and you know, use the tread on those tires. And there's probably not a ton of tread left, unfortunately. As much as I've loved watching Todd Gurley over the years, um, I don't know that there's a lot there. And then. We go to Tampa Bay and obviously the signing of Tom Brady and those receiving weapons, you know, with Gronk at tight end now. And then with Mike Evans and with Chris Godwin, this is going to be a pass first team. Uh, But let's not forget the way Tom Brady used James White. Um, You know, even though he had some weapons in New England, he consistently used James White in the passing game. I think running backs will be used that way as kind of an outlet, uh, as a uh, an extension of the running game type type deal. Uh, so I, I could see that happening again. Uh, but I, Tampa Bay is probably going to be one of those exceptions to this rule. They're probably heading in a different direction than a lot of these other teams in the league. Uh, we go to Seattle. Seattle's always been pretty run heavy, right? I mean, Russell Wilson can run the ball. They relied on Chris Carson in years past. I think that that stays the same this year. Uh, we're hearing Rashad Penny may start the year on the pup list. Uh, and I, I don't think Isaiah Crowell or DJ Dallas are the guys you know, for, for this team to rely on heavily. So I think, it, I think it'll be Carson and uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think uh, Seattle knows what they want to do. They want to run the ball. They want to let their defense um, put their defense in, in good positions and, uh, and, and win some, uh, win some games late when they can wear down defenses that are already tired from trying to stop this running game. So I think Seattle stays there. We look at the Rams, obviously they saw the importance in the running game. They drafted Cam Akers and they didn't have a lot of draft capital early in this draft, but they used one pick on a running back like Cam Akers. Again, Cam Akers is a guy that I, you know, I see a lot of people hating on Cam Akers um, and I, I don't get it. I wasn't huge on Cam Akers pre-draft, but I love this landing spot. I don't understand why people don't. I, we saw Todd Gurley excel in this landing in, in this spot here, even last year. You know, later in the year when they gave him more carries, he he looked fine. Um, this passing attack is innovative. It's different, and uh, it's good enough to take pressure off of the running game. Cam Akers can do a little bit of everything. I mean, he can pick up. You know, he's he's good in pass pro. Um, He's he's good catching the ball out of the backfield, and and he's a tremendous runner. But he fits his system, this zone system, this one cut and go type system. I think that's where Cam Akers needed to land, and he landed in a great system like that. This is it, it fits his strengths; it really does. And uh, you know, I I just and not to mention the fact that uh, you know when you think of of the Rams, you know you, you kind of think of. Well, you know, last year, you know, they kind of disappointed that passing tech, passing attack disappointed a little bit. And a lot of people aren't very high on golf, but I, I would think that this, this offense is primed for a bounce back year. Uh, and, and I think Cam Akers is, is a big part of it. And I, I don't really think that there's a lot there as far as competition goes. I mean, people like to point at Daryl Henderson, look, Daryl Henderson, they didn't even install enough confidence in the coaching staff to be the backup to Todd Gurley. That was, that was Brown. That was Malcolm Brown. And, and, I don't think either of those guys are special players. If if the Rams thought they were, they wouldn't have drafted Cam Akers. You know, so uh, I, I think Cam Akers is going to have a very very nice year. 
again, a guy who's going to surprise people, just like DeAndre Swift. It's going to have a good rookie year, and uh, and it wouldn't shock me. And, again, it's the way the league, I think, is going to start going. So we look at the Rams. We look at the, you know, let, let's go to San Francisco. Well, we already kind of talked about them. They've got a bunch of running backs. They they like to run the ball. I think it's smart. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough to, to carry a team passing the ball. So just running the ball for them to me is uh, is smart and and they're going to continue doing it because it was successful last year why wouldn't you um and the reason it's successful again is because defenses aren't built to stop the run they're built to stop the pass that's what they're that's you know that's what teams are built for so um yeah you know that's that's kind of kind of where we're at with that and let's go to the last team in that division the arizona cardinals Arizona is interesting because everyone says, oh, this is a pass-happy attack. Oh, 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 this is a team that's going to pass the ball a lot. Well, let's not forget what Kenyon Drake did there. Kenyon Drake put up points as far as running the ball and as far as catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, you know, kind of an extension of that running game again. Um, you know, those short dump-off passes, uh, th- those are huge, you know, and th- those those are while they don't count as rushing attempts, they are basically long runs <laughs> is basically what they are. Long handoffs. Um, but we also have to remember Kyler Murray is is a, a rushing threat, and he's a guy who's going to take off and run. Look, when I say that, that teams are going to be more run heavy, I, I don't mean that one running back is going to get it. I mean that it could be multiple running backs. It could be a quarterback. It could be, it doesn't matter. Teams are going to start attacking via the run. And again, I think the writing's on the wall, you know, and, and the NFL eventually will adjust, but here's the thing. I don't know how quick this takes hold. I'm not saying that this year, all of a sudden, boom, everyone's running the ball more or everyone's becomes a run first team. I think gradually everyone will start to run the ball more, though. Uh, and, and I think it starts this year. But I don't know how long this transition takes. You know, this it could take two, three years. It could take several years. I don't know. But I do think that the NFL is heading in that direction where, hey, look, the best way to attack these defenses now, again, is getting these road grading big, strong offensive linemen that can run block and a good running game. Because, you know, the size isn't on the field. The tackling isn't there. If I can get a tackle breaker like uh, like Derrick Henry who's just plowing over guys, man, I, I'm, you know, that's going to be the way to move the ball. And I think the NFL is starting to go that way. That's kind of my point here. So here's my thoughts. And uh, I, I want to know. A couple things. First off, I want to hear back from you guys. I want you guys to at me or to. Uh, you can add me on Twitter at underscore James the Brain again, or you know at the show account at Superflex Show. Uh, let me know what you think. Whether you think that this is a fallacy, or whether you think that hey, you know what, you you might be onto something. And also, let me know if you think that an article written out where I can do the research on the you know the average you know broke it uh, the the average uh, the weight of linebackers, the average weight of defensive linemen and, you know, just defensive players in general, position by position, and then the average speed and then the average, you know, and and I can put that to paper um, and you could kind of look over it and go, wow, he's right. You know, the average linebacker now is 16 pounds lighter than it was back in the day or, oh, wow, you know, yeah, the average speed was definitely, you know, is better now than it was back then, um, you know, on defense or, you know, that sort of thing. Let me know if that would be beneficial, if that's something that you guys want. 
I, I started digging into this a little bit and I, I kind of stopped because I, I wanted to get your feedback first. I didn't want to, I didn't want to just dive into this uh, head first and realize that there was no interest and nobody really wanted to hear about it. So let me know, you know, and, and if you don't have any interest, let me know, just, just tell me, Hey, uh, I, I don't think this is something that, uh, that I care too much about. Uh, but I do think that again, this is going to have long-term fantasy implications if I'm right. And, uh, and I think, Again, I don't know, but I think that there might be some traction here. So that's that's just my thought off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, the, so the first thing I want to do is I want you guys to let me know whether or not this is something I should look into and whether an article would help, uh, whether or not the hard stats in front of you that you can read would help you at all <clears throat> in this. Uh, if so, I will look into trying to put out an article about this and uh, and we can see kind of kind of if, if there is uh, a blueprint um, <clears throat> to what we can expect next, you know, and, and this is, you know, this was kind of brought about uh, uh, to me because in, in the financial sector, which is where I work or where I worked before the pandemic uh, kind of hit us um, in the financial sector, we're always trying to get ahead. We're always trying to project and predict what's going to happen next. Right. So in the NFL, I wondered why why don't we do that? We do that more on a micro, or than than uh, we do that more on a small term than we do on 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 you know over a, a longer length. And I thought, well, what if we kind of looked at the longer length? Is it because it's just too unpredictable? And when I looked at it, it just seemed to me that this kind of smacked me in the face. That <clears throat> well, it seems like the way to attack defenses. It's predicated all on the personnel and it is in the micro and why wouldn't it be in the macro? So I, I looked at it and it, it kind of, kind of makes sense to me. It makes sense to me that, you know what, there is something to be said for this. So um, again, initially started looking into it, got excited about the results and thought, well, wait a minute, let's not put the card before the horse. I'm the only one interested in this. Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so again, let me know if you are interested, if you're not, um, if it's something maybe I can let die, uh, then I will. I will if, if there's not enough interest. But um, but if you are interested in a little bit more of the hard facts and the hard results on this, please reach out to me. Let me know. Um, so then I can I can put put the work in. And if, if an article is uh, is in the in the cards, then I will definitely write something up. If it's not an article, then I will bring all the facts to a podcast, something like this, where I'm, I'm, you know, the the only host, so I'm not boring the rest of the hosts. Uh, I I could bring this to a podcast and I can put everything out, you know. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. And again, I just wanted to uh, to kind of share this information with y'all and see what you guys thought. So again, uh, reach out to me, reach out to the show, let me know your thoughts on the subject, whether or not this is something that uh, I should look forward, look into a little bit more or not. Um, but I appreciate your time. I appreciate your listen. Um, again, make sure to uh, to follow me on Twitter at underscore James the Brain. Make sure to follow the show. Um, the show account on Twitter at Superflex Show. And again, you know, last time I'm going to say it, but again, you know, let me know um, either by DMing or or adding the show or uh, DMing or adding um, uh, 
you know, me personally, and uh, and I'll I'll get back to you um, on that. I always appreciate it. So I want to send out a special thanks to Heart and Soul Radio for their use of the song The Addiction, and a special thank you to Dynasty Week Football Family, a podcast, and the entire DLF staff for their ongoing support. Uh, make sure to follow and send questions and trade polls to the podcast on Twitter at Superflex Show. We can always retweet those, get you more votes, and we can also sometimes share them on the show, talk about them, discuss them, that sort of thing. So uh, make sure that you're doing that as well. And until next time, stay sexy and super flexy.